All right, Marky, we have another writer here with us. Uh, P.A. Kane, South Buffalo boy, grew up in Lockwood, uh, South Park High School, played all the sports around. P.S. number 29, welcome to the program, P.A. Kane. Hey, guys. So what are we what are we uh what are we selling today paul you got some books out in front of us let's let's talk about the books first okay i have uh two books published uh the first one is set in 1979 south buffalo the name of it is written in the stars the book of molly it's a uh coming of age book and also a book that was the molly book was published in 2016 and last november i had a second book come out called leaving jackson wolf both are coming-of-age stories, which was kind of um, coincidental because I just set out to write a couple of stories, and now that you have to be in a genre, that's where they're, um, that's where they're pigeonholed. And um, so the first book, like I said, the Molly book is set in 79 South Buffalo. It's about uh, the coming-of-age of, a, of a, a girl who's in a, like, South Buffalo clique, and she's uh, being influenced by um, somebody who's not so um, into that scene and she's kind of questioning herself and it's the story of her evolution towards bigger things possibly and um, being pulled back by her former self and it's also the story of the neighborhood I try to um, incorporate some of the things I saw in the neighborhood as I was growing up um, I graduated from high school in seven in, in 1980, and the book takes place in 7980, and um, it has a lot of historical references. Um, the book is modeled after um, the John Updike books, the Rabbit books, that follow Western Pennsylvania Protestants in um, ten-year increments. Um, there was four of the Rabbit books, and it follows this guy from. 57 to 67 to 77 to 87 maybe it's it's on the ninth not 77 and 89 whatever so i was thinking i would do the same thing with the irish catholic south buffalo thing and um so there may be more books coming set later in time as as she grows so oh that's a really good idea that that that's a good idea because you're familiar with it. You're you were here in '79, right? What are some of the difficulties someone growing up at 17, 18 years old at that time period? Well, you know what, I I kind of love that time period. Um, I had a really good time in in high school uh, at South Park, but there was this thing that sort of annoyed me about the neighborhood. It was this this Irish thing that we were the 26th county of Ireland. And it was always like, to yeah. me, I was like, no, we're not. We're Americans. We're not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I, I, I love St. Patrick's Day more than anybody. And, and I partake in all that stuff. But um, I don't know. We're Americans. Well, I yeah. always used to get that a lot. Like, oh, how much percentage Irish? That was a big thing in, in the late 80s, early 90s when I was growing up. I go, And I was the kid going, uh, I'm an American. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so, grew up on Shenandoah. I was born in America. Right. Uh, nothing against Irish people or the, the heritage. Great. But I always liked the 4th of July more than I liked St. Patrick's Day, to be honest. Probably because I'm a bartender. But Right. Yeah, and it's summertime. But, yeah. uh, man, these last few pa- St. Patty's Day has been pretty fun, you know. And it's, 
Yeah. So. And, and one of the things you do in your books is you you put music into them, musical references. Talk a little about the musical references in the books. Right. Like, um, I I don't really have religion, but um, I do have songs, and songs kind of are what um, um, guide me through when I'm questioning things. Songs and books, actually, not just, you know, music, but, you know, um, so there's actually, I have a character, uh, I'm a character in this book. My name is uh, Paul Kane, not Kane, but um, K-A-Y-N-E, because there's a, there's a, a good put down, public school Paul Paul Kane, and I couldn't get rid of it. So, is that about? That's what you faced. You you were called public school Paul Kane. No, it was oh, a, okay. it, it was a put down by uh, Molly's mother because he wasn't going to the the traditional Catholic school. He was a public school kid, and right. she was dating him, and and she didn't really like him for that reason because he was public school Paul Kane. He was a loser. <laughs> so the, the whole book started out as kind of a joke i have this website buffalo mud and and back in the day i wrote a story about this girl molly who's all connected to the to the um the in crowd in south buffalo and um would that be a mercy girl maybe uh yeah it's a mercy girl but um well by the way sitting in a, the the third mic to license to talk sometimes uh ronnie freaking loyston who graduated with paul so we, we thought we'd make you a little comfortable bring ronnie but we didn't want to put him right next to you sorry about that <laughs> that's okay so it simultaneously <laughs> creeps you out I thought, wait a minute i thought i was the fourth mic though I went, to, yeah, yeah. I went to public school, too. I'm counting four. <laughs> That's right. That's public school Ron Leiston. All right. <laughs> well, part, I went to Catholic school in the eighth grade, though. Oh, that's right. So I'm, I'm half public school, Pat Ronald. And I seen it. I, I was a public school kid and then went to St. Ambrose and then Timon. Uh, there is a little of that. I was called, the, oh, that's the public school kid. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I first got there, yeah. Yeah, we always heard it growing up, too. It's like, because... Because the, the Catholic school kids got so many more days off, and they were like, yeah. ah, you suckers, going to school. And, you know. <laughs> and, and what's funny is I, I, I was that kid, and then I was the other kid. I got half day every Friday right. in St. Ambrose. So then I was like, ha-ha, now I'm with them. Yeah. So you're right. It, it, it does happen around right. here. And, and you know what? We could always skip at public school and not get any crap for it. <laughs> yeah, you guys always got caught. Yeah. Well, until I got to the daycare center on McKinley, then they couldn't keep track of us. <laughs> right, then. right. So so the music reference I was alluding to with, with uh, public school Paul Kane was um, that part of the, the, the problem with him and Molly is he's really into Quadrophenia by The Who. And... <laughs> That was my album in in the seventies because it like so mirrored my life in a in a thousand different ways, you know. That I think that's like the the greatest rock album ever with with the the great storm motif of a teenager going through it, you know. And um, the song Doctor Jimmy and Mister Jim, where the kid is all bombast and saying he's gonna, you know. He's going to be the first in on this girl. And then the, it slows down and he's like, wait, and he has this vulnerable part. Like, is it me or is, you know, something else? And it's just the, 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 the great album of tumult of, um, of like a 16 and 17 year old, which I was. And I, I so identified with that album. And uh, so 
that in the book that was the last straw paul's at they're at a party and paul's like rocking out to that music and ignoring molly and she dumps them and you know so that's one of the ways it plays in to it also um like the historical references at one point they go to uh, a bob dylan concert and um dylan was in his his um christian phase at the time so i i i referenced the 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 set list from them because they exist now and um you know talked about the songs that he played that night in reference to the to in in the book so that's all kind of historically correct they go to a the philharmonic and i found the concert from that night uh i can't recall the songs they played but um you know so that's how there's there's a lot of music in it so how does this, how do you start writing how did i start writing yeah in the beginning so I was kind of an aimless kid out of high school. Um, I didn't know what to do. I went off to Brockport, 1980. Found out pretty quickly I was sort of illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had this poli sci class and I had a read. I forget what it was now. And I was just like, you know, I could not get through it at all. And then, you know, so I was able to... Um, cobbled together a few semesters of of uh being on the probation but at some point it got pretty obvious that I wasn't ready to be there and um so I left I went I went I came back home I went to ECC to do uh the the recreation degree oh yeah the sports yeah. degree oh yeah I'm better <laughs> <laughs> I lasted a month doing that and then I started attending bar and um I worked at Felong's Tavern for a year or so, and then I worked at the Sky Room, and I went down to the Brick Bar with my old pal Kevin Mack, who I met at the Brick Bar, or at, at Brockport. Um, he was not the greatest student as well. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, a few years in, you know, I'm kind of aimless. I see everybody starting to graduate from college. My, my brothers and sisters are graduated. They're getting houses, and I'm, you know... I'm out drinking every night till four in the morning, kind of aimlessly working at bars. And a buddy of mine uh, who I went to high school with, Steve Sora, who's always the first reader of everything I do and is is like a, a really good sounding board, gave me a book by um, Carlos Castaneda. And it's the books are about this anthropologist who goes into the Sonoran Desert and, and he meets with this shaman. Oh, the shaman. The shaman, right. So, you know, I'm 20 years old. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> They're doing peyote, you know. <laughs> they have this new reality. So, uh, but that was kind of it. Right then and there, I started to read a lot. You know, there was a series of eight books. It turned out to be, you know, the guy, that, the guy Carlos Castaneda, was selling this as he was really meeting with this guy, and this guy Don Juan existed. But it was kind of all a farce. But that set me in motion. Um into loving literature and um the problem was i had to uh keep a roof over my head right so yeah. i couldn't just um um i couldn't just uh s sit around and write and 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 i had to i had to come up with a plan where i could read write and and um make a living so i went back to buff state and started a an English in the English education program, and um, you know, 
that took me forever because I, you know, I'm I'm one of nine children or ten children, nine siblings, and uh, my parents were not contributing to my education. No, they were right. working yeah. their ass off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And uh, so it took me a long time. I was in and out, and you know, I didn't actually end up ever graduating. But I, I read, you know, hundreds of books during that time. That I had real trouble with uh, with uh, being committed to school. Mm. So I got a, I got a good paying blue collar job, and I'm doing that now forever. And but so, um, as I went along, as my kids got older, uh, and they didn't need me so much, I sat down and started writing again. And I wrote a book of essays, which will be um, coming out in the near future, called "The Last Playlist." Those are um, essays about music as they relate to my life. So. Um, um, when that was done, th- there was no commercial availability to it. So I started to write the Molly book. And I, I, I now I get up like 3 o'clock in the morning for two hours I spend before I go to work writing almost every day, some longer on the weekends. So you're you're up early in the morning working you, on this stuff. That's that's hustle, Marky. Is that like, yeah, is that like some uh, meditation there for you? Like, or is it now it's, is it work? Um, I've always been... Uh, an early riser. My favorite job was delivering the Courier Express, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't really great at collecting the money, but <laughs> but I, I could get the papers delivered. Um, yeah, it's like you know, sort of the best time of day. It's like you know, it's uh, quiet and and uh, you know, I feed the cats and the dog comes in and you know, I sit there for a couple hours before I go to work and um, get after it. You know, I'm not. I'm not the kind of writer who has things really mapped out. I'm, I, I think they call them, uh, I'm a pantster. I, I, I do it by the seat of my pants, right? <laughs> so I get a few ideas, um, and, uh, you know, it's like anything. You're, you're, you're walking down the street, you see something, you, you add that in. You, you go a little farther, you see something else, you add that in, and you start to think about um, – what logically would make sense for, you know, the next move, next move. So there's, there's just a few ideas that normally come out of it. The, the recent book, um, Leaving Jackson Wolf, um, I don't know what happened, but I, 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 think, I think I was um, sitting in a bar with somebody during the day. We played a round of golf, and then we stopped for one. And... Um, they were installing curbs along. I, I think I was in Hamburg. We played nine at, at uh, Hamburg uh, Golf Course, and they were installing um, curbs. <laughs> and they had all the, the the parking cones going along where the thing. And there were two kids going down the street kicking the cones over. <laughs> and the construction guys were chasing them, <laughs> and you could see them screaming at them. It was really funny, and so. That was the germ of this book, you know. Really? Yeah. That was the first idea for it. But obviously, it goes into other things. Um, it's it's that Leaving Jackson Wolf is also set in South Buffalo, but it's more about the friendship between two fringe boys. One is a, a biracial um, um, kid, Jackson Wolf, who is um, they're, they're 14 and 15 years old. They're, it takes place over a, a year's time, more or less. And um, he he comes from a, a, a troubled family, uh, alcoholic father, mother who was driven out by uh, the father. Uh, 
and uh, the other kid, James McDougal, who who suffers from hyperpituitism. He's he's kind of a small kid. Oh, okay. Right. So, and um, literally, some bullies are in a hallway, uh, and they throw uh, McDougal at Jackson. Right. Pick him up and throw him at him, and that's th- a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're that small. So, anyways, after school. Um, Jackson sort of fights the kids off, not not to save McDougal, but he's not going to let anybody push him around. So this McDougal kid comes up to him and and says thanks, and he's like, "Get away from me, kid! I don't care," you know. But then McDougal, who's who's um, kind of a whiz kid uh, with the computer stuff, tells him that he could he could he could turn off the cameras at Rite Aid and distract people so they can steal some beer. Oh, so. He's interest. Jackson's interested in that, and then they steal some beer. And um, this is a South Buffalo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. futuristic South Buffalo. You don't have to wait outside for the buyer anymore. <laughs> hack the camera system, right? Good right, thinking, Paul. Right. So, uh, yeah, they become friends over that, and they also bond over music, uh, indie music, which I listen to a lot of. They like the the, the performer Mitski. And who's that based on, or is that an actual guy? Mitski's a, 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 a she's like a twenty five oh, year old girl who's got four or five albums out. She's real hot in the indie kind of oh, scene. Okay. So, right. So you talk about bullying. Um, I from my experiences, I would always give the nickname, but I wouldn't bully him. Like I, I always thought a nickname. I did this when I was a coach too. Ron will tell you, yeah. nicknames kind of let kids feel a part of the crew. Um. But I, I, I never understood the bullying with the, you know, kicking people, shoving them in lockers, the big muscle guys. So I definitely, I started reading uh, Leaving Jackson Wolf last night, and uh, I'll definitely be finishing it. But Leaving Jackson Wolf and the Book of Molly, where can we find these books at? You can get them both on Amazon, um, and um, they're at Dog Ears Bookstore, where I, uh, I volunteer. Um, I'm there most Saturday mornings from like 10 to two. And, um, yeah, Tommy's a great guy over there. We record sometimes over there. He's really good. To the right. Podcast. Right. That's a, that's a great community resource that place. And, and, um, yeah, my books are there along with lots of other local authors. There's a whole wall of oh, yeah. books. Yeah. By local authors. So is that, has that helped your book sales at all? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's, I, I, um, yeah, it's good because I, I try to put it out there that I'm in there and people come in and talk to me a little bit. You know, not as many as I would like, but uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, if I would tell anybody, any guy who's any person who's trying to be a writer now, <laughs> you, sh- in addition to the writing, you got to really learn how to market because yeah. it is yeah. everybody can write now. You know what I mean? And you can put them out by yourself, and and um, there's there's uh, a lot of competition and. Uh, you're telling us. Yeah. yeah. Well, when was like the first time you wrote something that you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a publisher or did you do it on your own? Like, how did you, how did you go about it? Um, I, I was of the opinion that I had to find a publisher. So I, this, this book that I have coming out now was, uh, the next book called the last playlist. Um, that was written several years ago. I don't know, seven, eight years ago now. And, um, you know, you start out you you wondering if if it's any good or if I can even do this. So I got through one part of it. There's a there's like kind of a long introduction, and I was 
I was really surprised that I was able to finish it. Okay, so then I went about doing the essays here and there. And of course, when I was done with them, I had, you know, uh, I, I don't know how long is it, 70, 80,000 words. It's, um, that's like a 230 page book. Anyway, so I, I was aware of, of all the, the independent um, way to publish your book through Amazon. And, and, but you, of course, you want the validation of, of a publisher putting it out for you. So you're not, you know, you're not, it's maybe gives you some credibility, but, um, no, you're right. Yeah. So I, I went that route and it, that's a long arduous process too of, of, you know, you sending out, um, query letters to, you know, I don't know how many I sent out, but, um, um, I sent out a ton for the book that's coming out next. And the, the, the publisher of, of Molly, book they were interested in it but th they wanted some corrections made i i mistakenly thought i could use song lyrics so i had to take out all the song lyrics um from the book and i got bored with that and i started the molly book and i m just made two or three queries for the molly book and that publisher published it and then um um the only one i queried for for the leaving jackson wolf book was um um Mark Pogs at No Frills, and uh, he published it. So it's great. Um, next time out, I think I'm going to try it on my own, unless I get an agent, which I'm I'm keep telling myself I'm going to try to do. Talk to Lisa, Lisa Marie Redmond. I mean, she's really killing it. They got her everywhere across I know. the nation. I know. So maybe when we uh, finally get this live show going, we oh, can yeah. sell some books. We'll put you next to Lisa, and then we can, you know. Yeah, I sat with Lisa at a dog ears event, and. Uh, um, this was when I was thinking that, oh, I could do this on my own, but it's 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 harder than you think. And it's like, you know, um, there's a way to do it, but you got to you got to really commit to it. And and, um, you know, well, she, and she she got a representation, which was good for her. And I oh, think yeah. that might be a good idea, too. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like we have social media. So, like, you know, and, and that's like something you got to like figure out. It's like hard to be on like a good medium. Like we post a lot, people are like, "Duh, they post so much, we're not following them anymore." You post too little, you're not informative enough. Like, how do you do? You, do you have it? Do, do you have a problem with it? Do you like it? Um, I don't really like it. I would probably not do it if I didn't have to. I I, I do Facebook. He's a, little, he's a little shy when it comes to this stuff. He is. I do Facebook. Um, and yeah, I don't really, you know. It's hard for me to sell myself like that. Um, I post all my all my stuff from th the website I do, Buffalo Mud, um, and th that gets some. I get some jump from that, but um, yeah, it's 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 kind of. I'm not naturally a person who can sell myself. In fact, that's why I started Buffalo Mud, <laughs> is because um, Buffalo Mud's a satire site. I I write. Um, it's like the the onion of Buffalo, if that makes sense. Right, that's what I was going to say. I did say that about a half an hour ago. The onion of South Buffalo is, is right. Buffalo mud. So, because writers on the margins like me, they usually have to have newsletters and they're they have to post all the time. And I thought I my end would be that I could I could do this satire site, give people content, and uh, then they would gravitate towards my books. <laughs> right. Um, I, I give people content I publish, but they're not really gravitating towards my books. <laughs> so, 
but uh, it's it's a it's a fun sight to do, and I and I like doing it. And well, you were telling us about the parade piece that you did in there. Talk about that. I thought that was pretty funny. Right. So about a year ago, uh, before the St. Patrick's Day parade, I wrote a piece um, called "Parade Day Magazine." Uh, declares the little parade the f- the first word little parade not a parade okay so there's no really par- parade day magazine <laughs> to begin with i was looking for that <laughs> right and the gist of the piece was um parade today decided that the the, the little parade in the first ward is not really par- a parade because it's just a bunch of people standing at the curb drinking watching other people go down the street on floats drinking. So it's people <laughs> drinking, watching other people drinking. <laughs> and um, actually, some people on the uh, South Buffalo Facebook group got kind of mad at me because they didn't understand that it was really a joke. <laughs> nobody, nobody understands satire around here. Right. Right. They were like, I don't care what this man says. It's a parade. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and that's when you know you got him. Hook, lion, Right. <laughs> and I had a friend uh, who I wrote about in the piece, you know, saying, oh, we're going to we don't care if it's a parade or not. We're just going to go down there and, and pound Bud Lights. And that friend's wife wrote me a quick note saying, I don't remember him ever saying that. <laughs> Could you please take that down? So. And mostly the site, so I don't get into those tr- into that trouble um, with with people from the neighborhood. Most of the site is um, a joke about myself. There's often pieces called uh, local author. There's one up now where um, <laughs> my dad's my dad's kind of ill, and um, we've been spending a lot of time at his house. And my sister was home with her daughter, and they were going through some old pictures, and they found this cheesy picture of me. From the late 1980s, we were when we were on vacation at um, Myrtle Beach, and I'm in this this red suit that's like one step up from a speedo, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm holding a can of beer. And um, so the piece is, um, um, I forget what it's titled, but it's about um, um, oh, lo- local author uh, upset about. Baywatch reel being revealed. So, <laughs> so you're having a, a, a lot of fun, right? Right. So the joke was that this is a picture from from that period where um, I was trying out for Baywatch, but I got I got bumped off the show because I was I wanted them to do um, I did treatments for the the T. S. Eliot poem The Wasteland and. and and the producers, all they wanted to do was show Pam Anderson running around half naked. <laughs> so I left the project because of artistic differences. <laughs> You're talking about music in your new book. Have you you've have you been influenced by music? Is there a, a, a show or a venue you remember? I mean, you worked at the Sky Room a lot. Of I mean, you're hanging out with your there. little brother here, uh, Ronnie. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe that you graduated high school with Ron because <laughs> look at him over there. He's... Ronnie looks like he's 30 still. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking vampire. I know. <laughs> he had to ask when he came, did you see him? Can I come in? <laughs> I said, yeah, come on in. To we be know the one deal. of us. My wife is like... Is always like, oh, he's so cute. He's like, he's like Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> when Daniel Day Lewis was eighteen. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. So me and Ronnie went to a great show over the over the summer. We saw uh, Yola Tango, and that's uh, the best part of it. They're sometimes called a noise band. And and who's the guitar player's name? I don't know. You you know him more than I do. Oh, uh, I know his name. Uh, it, yeah, it's a he, girl's name. Yeah, he's married. The the the, the I should know that. I'd he's married him. to the drummer, and then there's a third guy in the band. But he's just like it's Ira. Ira, yeah, Ira. Ira um, anyways, yeah. But but that was a great show because it was just like twenty minutes of distorted guitar playing, and it's, it was like really great. Like the Bad Ronald Band, we we have a song that we do twenty minutes of the distortion feedback. Right, right. And so you're you you come from the Continental days. You're into that scene. Paul and I like discovered we like had similar musical taste. It actually started in high school. Things like the English beat, you know. I remember. I mean, I didn't know. I knew very little about like Todd Rundgren, and he used to bring Elton's over to our mutual friend's house and play Todd Rundgren. You know, I just knew like "Bang on Your Drums All Day" and "Hello, It's Me," and and that was and like I remember him Lennon, playing that was like song Lennon after him, song. Right? Todd Rundgren, who I still listen to and love, and it's because of Paul. He was the first one who got me into like Todd Rundgren. Right, I'm a I'm a big Todd guy. It's kind of, I I, I don't really get why I like him so much. But, um, you know, sometimes you connect with people and it's, it was like, um, first, um, I, one of my sister's boyfriend left this album initiation at our house and, um, it was this weird synth progressive music. And, uh, the thing that really fascinated me about it was that he played all the instruments on, on side two of the album, which is a, is a instrumental side. And, um, you know. And there was like this Eastern vibe to the other side of the album um, with songs like Real Man and, and, you know, this kind of searching kind of um, trying to find your higher self type of thing, which I always related to way more than I could relate to anything at at church where, you know, there was just, you know, you'd be at church and um, I didn't really understand what was going on on the altar and, you know, you'd you kind of drift to the girl in the tight sweater over there rather than <laughs> pay attention to what Father Brennan was saying. Right. right. So, um, yeah, that, that, and since then, that's always been my way to relate to the, to the more spiritual aspects of life is through music. Todd Rungren, one of them, Dylan. Um, I love the band The Replacements, which were um, really, really instrumental in helping me um, – during during like the late 80s when I wasn't doing so good and I was kind of still searching for who I am and what I'm going to be and because they were all about that as well being the kind of the, yeah. the lovable losers and um you know I, I I feel bad for people who don't have music who turn on 97 rock every day and they listen to the same 20 goddamn songs so over sad, and over it? yeah and you know I, people say, oh, we grew up when the greatest music was ever being made. And it's like, you know what? There's a ton of good music being made. It's unbelievable. I I listen to almost nothing but new music, and I see those best of the year lists, and I know like two of the bands still. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just so much great music being made because it's so easy. Everybody can just do it with a, you know, with a, a laptop. Who are you listening to right now, Marky? Mm. No, I'm Timmy's I'm, organisms, I'm, diarrhea planet. I'm I'm Danger Mouse and Karen O right now. Okay, oh, I okay. like that. 
Um, who else have I liked recently? I like that project between Connor Oberst and um, Phoebe Bridges. There's some communities. It's, you know, one of these projects. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. And um, I'm real excited for the new Vampire Weekend record that's coming out. They're coming here, right? I, Are they coming here? There's like a big thing about isn't it. Isn't that at Bayville? I think it's so yeah. Yeah, oh, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like too small. Yeah. And the thing about that is like I, I'm a guy 57 years old. I'm not going to a Vampire Weekend concert. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Oh, man. It's one thing to go see Yola Tango because there's they've been around I since mean, yeah. the 80s. It's like going to the movies in the afternoon. That's <laughs> great. My wife so, always goes, oh, my God, we're the only ones here that is like below 75. I love it. Yeah. They bother me. Oh, man. I have daughters that are in their 20s, and they're like, you know, if I say, if I say hello to the cashier at the Wegmans, they're like, you're being a creep. <laughs> Stop talking to her. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm guilty as that, too. I'm very chatty with people I don't know. And then people I know don't talk to them. It's just really weird the way, way I work there. So how does it how does it work? Are you listening to music that your uh, your daughter daughters are listening to? Is, is that ever happening? Actually, for the upcoming book. Um, uh, the last playlist, um, this, the book about essays, it, the last playlist is supposed to be the playlist played at my funeral. Oh, okay. okay. So in the intro to the book, the, the, the germ for that book came from the fact that when my mom died I, in 98, I found out that like she had a whole other life besides being our mother. You know what I mean? Right. I only knew her in that context. But at her funeral, um, I found out she was kind of a rock star where she worked at the Erie County home as a RN. She had all these people come and, and eulogize her. And it was it was like so heartbreaking for me that I didn't know this side of yeah. my mother. And so um, so when I was thinking about that, I, I decided I didn't want that for my kids. So I came up with this idea of the last playlist because we also always bonded through music that's great and so through through um the essays i tell stories about my life and how they relate to the music like there's a song by um big star called 13 where i, where I talk about the first girl i ever fell in love with and the who also happened to be the first girl that ever uh totally crushed my heart and um so um it's it's stuff like that you ever wonder where she is today or do you, do you know Actually, she <laughs> did you, did actually, you end up marrying her? No, oh. no, I didn't end up marrying her. But but she did reach out to me out of the blue, and um, I after a little thinking about it, um, I sent her the piece, and and she read it, and she didn't have much response to it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have yeah. never answered her. Wow, yeah. screw you! Uh, you know what? Off the air, I'm going to have to find out who this is. Mm -hmm. I know her. You know what? I wanted her to read it, and um, it was something that that you know, one of those things that that um, you you're never going to be satisfied till they see that. It's like yeah, it's like um, if there was a girl I wanted to ask out and I never did, and I see her around all the time, you have that regret of never taking the chance. So I, I that's I, why I wanted her to see it. I went to sixty seven, right, right on Abbott Road. I won't say the girl's name. I don't know. I've never seen her again. 
we we had this dance. I practiced dancing with my mother. I was so nervous. I was in fifth grade, Marky. This is great. <laughs> so I'm all ready to go, right? This is a big, big dance. First ever dance, fifth grade. They didn't really have those Knights of Columbus dances or any time in dances when I was a kid. So I'm getting ready. And half the school went in and got all the basketballs and started playing basketballs in the gym. Dance canceled. Opportunity lost. Oh. Never got to dance with her, Marky. Jeez. Well, you got to dance with your sweet mother. Yes. You know, yeah. So, so that's all that matters. Beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get to go to those time and dances. It was people like me and Ronnie fighting at the dances that wrecked it for you guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, they they had the, they had the I dances. Never, I never got in a fight, but I witnessed a lot. I witnessed a lot. Yeah. Yep. I was I was busy. I wasn't really a fighter. I was I was in the corner figuring out what we're doing after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I had a, a brief job at the, the brick bar and, um, as a bouncer slash white coat. And I was like the worst bouncer ever, you know, because, why you just let everybody in? Well, no, I, I, I didn't work the door. I went around in the white coat, picking up the, oh, okay. the empty bottles. And sometimes there'd be stu- stuff going on. And like my buddy Mac behind the bar would go, Kano, take that guy out. And I go over and talk to the guy and I, I turned to Mac and say, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, those meatheads at the door would come drag them out, and that was it. So I was horrible at that because I, I, I don't really want to fight either. Yeah. You know, so I always worked with a big guy, a guy like Marky. Yeah. Marky. Yeah. I'll, I'll yell. You just stand and look at <laughs> I just picture Ron going to these dances. He's probably the guy who wore, like, a cape. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> shaved one side of his head. <laughs> Wait a minute. I hardly ever went. To, never went to. Very few of those dances. <laughs> I just number one, number two. I was so damn shy. I I wouldn't even if I saw a girl. I, I wouldn't even go up. I would never ask a girl to dance back then. No, never, never, never. Wow, you back. I'm single. A hundred years give you gives you confidence. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am a little bit more confident now. <laughs> Don't look in his eyes, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I, I'd like to bring up uh, talking about the piece that's coming out. Uh, I, that's a very cool idea. I never thought of doing anything like that, but everybody thought I was morbid because I actually have a, a death tape. You have a death tape? Well, yeah, songs I like. I want to be like... Oh, okay. Movie. I thought it was like an announcement that oh, you no, filmed. Oh, no, 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 no. Like Andy Kaufman. No, no, no. I just I made it like a long time ago, and I should probably like edit it and edit it and maybe put it on a CD because <laughs> it's on a cassette. But it was like songs that like I want people to like like listen to and say... Oh my God, that's that that's a that's a Ron song, you know. Yeah, you is know, that how you wrote? Happened. Is that how you like, wrote the essays and everything? Um, well, I have um, no, they were mostly songs that were able. I was able to um, um, to to explain what was going on in my life. I used the song "Cut My Hair" by the Who to explain um, how I didn't get along at home. Um, the 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 gist of that song is about. Um, a kid who's um, home and his parents are lecturing him and he knows he's going to be kicked out of the house soon. And, and, you know, when, when my brother heard that song, my, my younger brother, Mike, he's like, that song's about you because I know you're going to be out of the house. In about- <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was like 11. I was like 16, you know? <laughs> so, um, and it, and it's, uh, that kind of song. Um, 
that kind of essay relating to that song and um, the 13, the big star song. Um, Great choice, by the way. Right. That is a good, that is good too. Right. There's a song on there um, that I, by Joni Mitchell called Hijira, which I talk, uh, where I go through uh, the paces of my life in the mid eighties, how I was wandering. And Hijira is, is the mother, uh, is, is the Muslim word for, for travel. So, so are you like a particular person when you're writing? Like I have, I don't know, over the years I've started to like just put things out with rough edges. I'm just like, you know what? I'm done working on this stuff. I'm putting it out. How particular are you when it comes to, you know, putting your work together? Um, I have a voice in my head and um, where um, I know when something sucks, I th- or I, at least I think I know when something sucks and needs more work and when something's okay. The, the Buffalo Mud stuff, which comes out weekly, um, I'm not so particular about. But um, I'll, I'll spend, you know, um, I, so far I work in each chapter of, of a book tends to be uh, 3,000 words. And that can take probably a month to get together. And the, the Buffalo Mud pieces are like four and 500. And I do one or two of those a week without much, you know. Trouble. Are you one of these typewriter guys, or are you futuristic? How, how are we doing it? <laughs> I I use um, a laptop. I okay. say that. Yeah. Some some guys are still using the typewriter. Yeah, yeah. Which I really don't understand. I know. I was I was I was um, talking to somebody about um, um, there's a there's a book out by this guy called Robert Carroll who um, he wrote uh, um, th- f- um, the, the history of Lyndon Johnson and some other stuff. But he put a book out uh, called Working, and it's about how he works and how he writes in longhand, and then he goes to the typewriter, and then he goes to this thing. Jesus. And I was like, I can write anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And then as we were talking about it, it was like, oh, wait a minute. No, I can't. I, I got us be at a laptop, um, and I I, I – um, uh, I'm I'm losing the thread on that. No, that's all right. Keep yeah. going. Did you, what, do you ever like wake up in the middle of the night and just run to the laptop, or do you write something down and go roll over? And go no, over no, I don't. I don't have things that um, that um, pop into my head. Like I, I don't have Jumpin' Jack Flash come into my head, and I, you know, hum it into a um, a cassette, and then I got a million selling thing the next day, like Keith right. Richards did. I think on my funeral tape, I, I just play the final cut by Pink Floyd to see who stayed to listen to the whole album. And then I, then I, I would look down and say, all right, they're my friend. <laughs> Great album. The Forgotten Floyd album. Yeah, like, because with social media, a lot of people have, like, such shortest attention spans now. And, like, writing a book, like, you're putting a lot into that. And then, like, and then, like you said, you have to market it and you have to find the audience for it. It's, there, it's like, it's such a weird place right now for for any content our content especially you know like right and everything is so pigeonholed into genre specific Mm -hmm. areas and it's like you know um jd salinger when he wrote catcher in the rye didn't think that he was writing a young adult novel right he thought he was just just writing a book yeah and that's kind of how um i go about it too and um um but you know, right away, everybody's like, "Well, you got to market to these people, and you got to, you know, uh, put this out with it, and and have this kind of newsletter, and you have to work these sites, and and appeal to um, 
Tumblr as opposed to Facebook because that's where the kids are. And, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's a lot of work and and um, and you got to do it all by yourself because the the the, um, the small houses that have published my book, they don't have they don't have um, promo- a promotion staff to do it for you. So. Any anything coming up, uh, signings or anything? No, not presently. I'm at Dog Ears on um, Saturday mornings. Usually, stop in and get a cup of coffee, hang out. Oh yeah, shoot definitely. the breeze, buy one of his books. He may even autograph it. <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. autograph it. Oh yeah. So, are you still like mastering this craft? Obviously, it's something that you don't really stop like doing. Is it is it like uh, like you said, you wake up and do everything? But do you still confide in other people and? Who who do you still can find it as a writer? Um, I got I got my buddy Steve Sora who reads everything, the doctor who also graduated with Ronnie and I from Cell Park. Um, it's funny I was part of a, a small writing group for a little while, and um, and they were reading my WIP. That's my work in progress, and um, <laughs> and and give you anxiety. <laughs> well, it. it to me, it felt like the best things I've ever been doing. It's a, it's a book called the the um, that's only five chapters long right now, but it's called the Quiet Resignation of of Larry Plum. And it's about a guy who's sort of my age who's trying to figure out how to navigate the Me Too world along with the the Trump world, oh, right? Oh, okay. And um, um, I so I took it to this writing group and um, they kind of made me question what I was doing, even though I, I I really I really like how it's going, and so I had to pass it what I have around to a bunch of people to say are their criticisms valid, and um, so um, um, it turned out that uh, some of their criticisms were valid and some weren't, and it. It, but it, it made me question myself, and um, so um, yeah. Do fo- I mean do focus groups really matter that much? Yeah, it's it's really what you what you think. Yeah, and then you put it out there and say here it is. Right. Yeah. Some people that works for that helps them to to um, polish it and stuff. But for me, I I got what's going on in my head, and that's the way I like to work. Well, like we say all the time, you know, like oh, you talk too. We've had guys say oh, you talk too much about this or this. Listen, this is free content that we're putting out there. We're putting our name on it. We're trying to inform the people of Western New York, the uh, the interesting people that you might not know. And right. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it then. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say, Paul. You know what I, I mean? I know. And you know what? I found out so much about people around here that I didn't know about that's been so great because of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks. Like, Thanks. like yeah. Kevin Cox. Oh, that yeah. guy is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we took him to a Bison game recently. Yeah. Oh God, it, it was great. He had yeah. the. He just on. had one liners like all day. Was yeah. Like, oh yeah, I worked yeah. with him at the time. And, <laughs> 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 well, I've become Facebook friends with him, and and um, we we go back and forth now about you know what he's reading, what I'm reading. He he he's got a great knowledge about. I don't know if it's great now. It's because I don't know anything about classical music. But he puts stuff out. He mm-hmm. posts stuff about classical music that's always top notch. And it's like, you know, that was a really good guy to to know. Yeah, and that, and that's what we're looking for. I mean, we just got back from Channel Two talking to the Weatherman, right? And now we're sitting here with Paul Kane. You didn't. A lot of these people didn't know a 
that you're even a writer, what your books are. Hopefully we can sell some books for you. Right. You know, and then just have a conversation like Marky always yeah. says, an organic conversation that you learn something. Yeah. Right. And you gain a friend every once you know. Yeah. It's, to hear that, that's great. Right. Ball. Yeah. You know, have a uh-huh. hobby. It's it, it's right. something different to make money doing something, you know, and then have a hobby. It's like but then there's like a fine line where we're like you know, we spend a lot of time doing it. We're like, we need to make a little, you know, you yeah. got to do something with yeah. it. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. That's the same with me, too. I, You know, I'm not trying to make any kind of killing in this, but it's got to be worth my time. Sure. That's so, what we're saying. Yeah. Right. I want to make a few bucks on it. So, I, you know, because, you know, you're getting up at three in the morning every day wondering what you're doing it for if you're not getting it out to the people like you would like to, you know, yeah. even in a limited amount. Yeah. So I... I give you a lot of credit because I, I mean, you look at our, my notes, the shorthand that I have is unbelievable. My wife likes to go through the, to see what I spell wrong. I'm a horrible speller. I spelled animal wrong in seventh grade <laughs> in a spelling bee. All right. So, but it, it's, 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 we have so much respect for the writers. I, I couldn't be that patient. I really couldn't. I give you a lot of credit. There. That, that besides the marketing, that's what it is. It's a lot of sitting there and just, Going over in it, over in it, over it in your head, you know, till you don't sound like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ever throwing pencils into the ceiling like Letterman or anything? Or no. What, no. What do you? What's your weird thing that you're doing when you're writing that? Um. That is interesting, I guess. I I don't really do weird things. Um. <laughs> I, I don't think. But man, I'm already. Like the second things stop the flow, I'm ready to click right off that onto something else, onto ESPN, onto Facebook, onto Twitter, you know, yeah, and, and give it a little break. So, yeah, well, that's good. Do you do a lot of research when you're when you're writing? Is it is it important? Um, I, I yes, I do. I I guess I would do it. I want to make things authentic, like for uh, the patuitism part in the new book for the character of James McDougal. I reached out to a woman and gave her what I was writing and what I was thinking. And, 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 and she came back with me, you know, helped me out. I reached out to a lawyer friend um, about about how the courts work for another part of the book. I talked to my buddy Ned Kennedy about a police scene. So that kind of thing. Well, that, that's right. great to hear. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I do what I have to do. I don't, like, go uh, – you know crazy mm. or anything who so. did that who did the artwork for the books the artworks are done by my daughter no oh, way. that's by, great by my daughter that's the, awesome the first book the molly book is done by my older daughter madeline who's a um she's a just got her master's in social work but she also had got a painting degree from ub and the second book leaving jackson wolf is done by my daughter caroline who in a couple of weeks is graduating from Damon with an animation degree. Oh, wow, that's really? cool. Yeah, we yeah. made a cartoon. We got a couple cartoons. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, check out on uh, YouTube. We got a movie coming out, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we'll yeah. invite you to the red carpet. Yeah, we'll talk to you about that, Lyston. We're going to need a drummer. You know, um, that we've been talking and you've referred to me a few times as Paul. That's my real name. But the books are titled... P.A. Kane because some jackass who writes paranormal steam donkey <laughs> novels has the name Paul Kane. So oh, so you you have to do that or I don't have to do that, but I don't want to compete with that guy on sure on on Amazon. That guy had like eight books out, so I'd be 
eight slots below him. Yeah. yeah I'm, when you Google me, the only thing that will come up with is stuff about uh, ice arrest and deportation. <laughs> that is not me. That's the old man. Episode one. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, written in the stars, the Book of Molly, that's the late, the. The first, first book. one published in 2016, and then Leaving Jackson Wolf by P.A. Kane. You can get both books on Amazon. Dog uh, Ears, Dog Ears Bookstore on Abbott Road in South Buffalo, God's Country, and uh, well, Paul, this has been great. Uh, I, 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 like I always say, writers are different kind of people, but you're you're the most down to earth writer that I've that I've met. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And you're you're a local guy. We love to hear that you're throwing the local stuff into the books. That's right. something that we love. Right. And uh, Paul P. A. Kane, you are now licensed to talk. Thanks, bro. Awesome. I'm looking forward to the bump. No one wants to ride, so get over it. You have more to your life instead of getting better. Adding fuel to the fire Is it over To always be gone Till you get better Till you get better Better with your head If you've been drinking a lot Tell a story I don't know what I've got But I know it's better Than being gone Gone are all your problems Bring the right tool for the job To do it better if you had ever the right to be creative and do it better, better all by yourself instead of wasting time, wasting all your feet.